0: okay i'm just wondering about the spelling
1: yeah so i mean so uh what's crazy is the amount of times that george lucas has changed a new hope uh over the years and have you have you heard of the whole mcclunky thing oh yeah i the the weird thing is is that that the
0: after i watched mandalorian yeah suggested empire strike back empire strikes back and i was like no i want a new hope so i watched a new hope all the way through and did not notice the McClunky thing because,
1: oh, you know, I, I don't know what Greedo speaks. I don't have that memorized. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's just been taking over the Internet lately. Uh, but apparently people have already like broken it down and I found a bunch of stuff about it. So it, it explains a little bit more. So the, the intention behind it is that it roughly translate from Hutties, which is what Jabba the Hutt speaks. Um, it roughly translates to this will be the end of you. And they were his final words to Han Solo. So it's supposed to be like, he's going to have the last word. He's going to shoot Han. He's going to be this victorious bounty hunter. Um, but it apparently was also spoken by... Do you remember in The Phantom Menace, uh, the pod racer Sebulba? I remember everything about The Phantom Menace. And nothing at the same time. Yippee! <laughs> so Sebulba apparently says it as well. So there's, there's precedent for McClunky. But... It it just, I've gone back and I listened to a clip from it or listened to the audio today and it doesn't fit at all like you can tell that somebody overlaid this in and what's crazy to me is that like uh, they've done an interview with the guy who who originally voiced uh, the character mm-hmm. um, uh, and he has no re- memory of ever recording McClunky he's never heard it before he's never read it in a script so somebody else went back in and dubbed in McClunky for this guy's audio yeah I, I see george lucas as being you know
0: in his basement whatever where yeah. he stays away from his wife and his kids and he's just in there like huh a clunky why get into a recording studio and uh McClunky? clunky yeah that sounds fine though. Yeah, well, a little bit more ambition McClunky. clunky yeah that'll be fine
1: yeah yeah, that seems like a great idea. Like the uh, the one thing that you should keep doing is keep remastering and keep editing the one movie that like basically jumpstarted your career that everyone knows word for word and then just act like nothing happened. I mean, I'll take a remaster from George Lucas,
0: but I'm just really waiting for for them to go
1: back to the original. Yeah. When they re release that, I think they'll make a lot of money it's the next remastering but it's just the original before all the other remasterings have already happened what do you call it what would it be if it went back to original form uh, the, how do you the, label that like vintage i guess at this point original yeah but it's a it, it would have to be called remastered yeah isn't a remaster or re-release re-release okay so a re-release of the original a new hope there's so much star wars that really is my my head hurts
0: uh this is becoming the star wars podcast but we have a different we have a different setup for everyone today welcome everyone to the Summit up podcast this is where we're talking about movies shows games and whatever the heck we want and this week we're deviating a little bit from star wars and we're actually focusing on other things in hollywood you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor and youtube I am joined by my good friend John, and I'm Christopher, and we are your co-hosts for the day. John, how you doing?
1: Chris, I'm doing pretty well. We had some great barbecue for lunch. Feeling full, feeling pretty good.
0: Yes. For for those of you who, if anybody ever
1: listens to this and they're in the Maryland area, baby Q is that what they call it? So I don't think it's a thing up in Maryland, but Chris was introduced at this barbecue restaurant to Old Bay. And, oh my god. Old Bay and Barbecue is the
0: match made in heaven. It is delicious, amazing, sweet, tangy, and a little bit spicy. Uh, just a, but not spicy heat. Yeah. It's got spice in it. Just a little bit spicy. Just very little. Yeah. It's got, like, sugar or honey or something in it that just makes it sweet. And with that Old Bay spice, just it's not spicy. It's just 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 normal spice. Delicious, mm, so good. Uh, I can't get over it. It's so much better than everything around here. So, and we're in Tennessee, Memphis.
1: You ain't got nothing on Old Bay. Nope. Coming at it, Maryland's better. <laughs> so the first thing that I wanted to kind of talk about today uh, was Hollywood. There's this. Obviously, this has been going on for a while, where movies have re- uh, uh, CGI'd over a person's face. To either make them look younger, make them into a different person. Turn them into Jar Jar Binks. Exactly. Star Wars podcast, one, once again. Oh, keep keep mentioning it. So, <laughs> there's this new technique that, uh, is, that is being introduced into a movie where... It's a movie called Fighting Jack. It's based on a uh, Garth Crocker novel. I've never heard of it before. Um, I don't read... See, I don't read at all either. Yeah, I just talk. I read, bo- I read history
0: textbooks, so this is nowhere near on my radar.
1: Exactly. So uh if anybody's familiar with the actor james dean he died uh 65 years ago he was 24 super young actor but really well known at the time um so this movie that's coming out finding jack wait for for anyone who's curious sorry to cut you off but
0: we're talking about james dean the actor from 1950s not the james dean some people may know now and if you do know who that is shame on you anyways you have no
1: idea what i have no idea oh boy that's fine um so what this movie is is planning on doing is um taking james dean uh his face and CGIing it onto someone else so that james dean can essentially portray a character in the movie finding jack not even the main character but just a side character it's Um, so bad it's i don't so i don't understand this um so uh obviously a lot of people in in hollywood are already pretty outspoken about this um robin williams daughter for instance um has said that basically what they're doing is they're puppeteering the dead and that it sets an awful precedent for the future of performance we should let the great performers of the past rest Uh, uh, but i'm okay i'm okay with this i I understand
0: i understand where robin or where miss Williams is coming from on this with her dad and for everyone else who has a, a parent or a loved one who might be used later for CGI, I think that is the new thing in contracts, is negotiate that. Am I going to be used in a movie like 20 years from now? But I think it's not... It's just new. It shouldn't be controversial. We just need to get it in contracts now. I, I would see no problem with someone doing it for my body as long as I give it the okay. And I, but, I you know... I'm curious to see if like other people also have this perspective, because I've seen a lot of the outrage. I haven't seen a lot of people be like, well, you know, it's the people's choice, and James Dean Estate said it was okay.
1: Yeah, and even the director has come out and said that he doesn't really fully understand the backlash, that he never intended it for it to be like a marketing gimmick or anything. Um, they just want their intention, at least publicly, is just to introduce a new generation to this great actor.
0: Okay, that's the part that I think that is complete ball. Oh,
1: absolutely. I
0: absolutely think... So, I will... I think the concept is fine. I think the way these people are going about it is completely wrong. I think they're so full of it. that You know, like, oh, I don't understand this backlash. Like, we just couldn't find... What is it?
1: Uh... They couldn't find an actor to play this person. Yeah, they spent evidently they spent months and months looking for people to find this one actor or find this one character, which again it's not the main character of the movie. So I don't understand why it's it's such a struggle out of if there's if they're auditioning people all over the world, why it's such a struggle to find somebody who can portray the likeness of a character from a book. Uh, that you have to revert back to someone who's been dead for over 65 years this is a p Pierre stunt i i can find you a film student no i can do one better
0: our friend logan could play james dean <laughs> in this movie shout out I, logan nipper yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah shout out shout out to logan he he's got the complexity and i think he
1: could do it yeah your search is over exactly Anton Ernst so and the kind of some of the examples that he gave uh to counteract some of the backlash was he when he sees something like Star Wars who through some of the movies have have altered faces like Peter Cushing who played uh Grand Moff Tarkin he died famous or he died before uh Rogue One came out and in order to uh portray the character in that movie like they had wanted to they had a stand-in and then Use CGI to recreate uh, Peter Cushing's face over top of it, and it to be honest doesn't look super great. Like it's way better than obviously than what they could have done years ago, but like I, it it's, it sticks out to me pretty pretty well. I think it's fine. Well, I and mean, I mean like when you if you didn't know that he was dead, I don't think that you would expect it as much. But like because it was such a big news story for a while, and people knew that he wasn't actually in this movie, for him to suddenly show up. it it caught people by surprise well yeah i agree with that if you know all the details of
0: like oh you know they totally brought him back from the dead blah blah blah. yeah it's gonna be jarring but yeah to be honest like i've seen a lot of great video games that have good 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 uh um, screen cap or motion cap and transfiguring people's faces onto that type of engine i'm totally fine with this like i could i could tell it's it's kind of that mix between video game uh graphics and movie cinematography and i think that blend is okay but i could tell that for everyone who just watches cinema yeah that this looks awful which i totally respect and get it but for me i it doesn't
1: take me out of it at all yeah and i mean i'm glad that they included his character in the story because i think he did play a, a good role in it and they also brought up um how obviously with carrie fisher's death she couldn't have uh, ex- <laughs> yeah at the end of rogue one where they're tying it into a new hope uh obviously they portrayed her using her daughter as a stand-in mm-hmm. um which again like you can tell that it's cg but i don't like i what well, i think like with what you said i don't think it sticks out so much that it like takes away from the experience unless you're seeking it out yeah um and carrie was alive when this came out right when when Rogue One came out, yes, uh, prob I believe so. Yes, she was alive when this came out. Yeah. Um. So, as far as like taking somebody who who has been dead for this long, like James Dean, obviously, they couldn't have the foresight to know that technology would advance that far to where this would have to be something they would negotiate in contracts, or that they would have to weigh in on down the road. Um. Uh. So his estate has said that they support. Finding Jack, the movie, um, which I I believe is probably good enough for the time being, and I don't think that that fact alone should warrant all the backlash from other actors. Excuse me. Um, But uh, where do you think the line is for the most part? like, Do you think that this is maybe setting up a new trend? Do you think that we're going in a direction that could... um, uh, like maybe disturb some people or uh, maybe in a case where they don't have an estate or family left um, where it could potentially tarnish their memory um, if, they, if they're if they being portrayed in a negative way in a movie.
0: Um. So, like I said, I think we're treading into new territory, which means all the legal stuff has to be redone. So if you're going to have someone who's being portrayed who's dead, needs to be in a contract somewhere, needs to be in a will, I think that's the only way they can portray it. We are exploring new territory and the laws or the contracts, the legally binding stuff needs to be updated to fit that demand. Uh, I'm okay with it. I have no problem. What I do have a problem with Mm -hmm. is these guys saying like, we didn't think it'd be that big a deal. You've got to be kidding me. I, I still stand by it. I think it's complete BS. But going back to that, with this specific situation, I don't get why james dean is being revered as an amazing american icon he starred in three movies right this is going to be his fourth movie yeah he died young at the age of 24 in a fatal car crash right yeah so i i this happened 60 years ago i i just don't i i understand with the technology people are frightened i totally get it i won't discount it but a lot of time has passed i don't understand the revelry of james dean i really don't at first when they said james dean i was thinking jimmy dean like <laughs> breakfast biscuits yeah and then i was like oh james dean that actor that i thought because i've heard so much about him that he had done like so many movies mm-hmm. uh, i thought he did like at least like 10 or 15 and he died in his 30s come to find out he did three movies died at the age of 24 after doing some more research with the recent story. I just, I don't, I'm,
1: I'm, I don't get it. Like, no. I don't get the revelry form. Well, and what's crazy to me, it, like say this is a marketing stunt and they make, they made the choice to put the likeness of James Dean in the movie just to draw more people in because they wanted a big name for it, which I, I believe this is just like an indie movie. It's not even a big budget type of production. The the money that they're going to spend on just putting in a CGI, basically an entire person, into a scene, or however many scenes he's going to be in, the budget for that is going to drive the cost up for the movie tremendously. That too, yeah. So If you want it to be good. Exactly. And if, if enough people don't see this movie, they're going to lose a large amount of money on this just for a marketing stunt. Which yeah. makes no sense to me. And the backlash, like you said, if it's bad, what happens? like this is a risk
0: they are they are literally rolling the dice on this movie by saying like hey we're going to put James Dean in it if the movie sucks if the character sucks they're going to get a ton of backlash and they should be prepared for that i think you know if they're going to do this new stuff they got to be prepared for the what's going to be thrown back at them and if they complain that oh the headlines ruined the movie blah 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 no at the end of the day they control the narrative yeah of this and if they do a poor job of it they do a poor job of it it's the consequences i have i have n- no issue and i'm actually really intrigued to see if this blows up in their face or not yeah i love a good i love a good storm
1: what i what i really don't want to happen is for this to look like the uh the deep fake of ron swanson on all of the characters from full house oh yeah i don't want it to look where it's like jarring and like you can tell that something is definitely wrong with these people it's still funny oh
0: yeah if we if we treated memes like the way we treated cinema nothing would be good and so that's where there's a medium for that to laugh and to enjoy something and not believe, Oh my gosh, like I'm not going to critique a meme because Ron Swanson is on a little girl's body and be like, look at how terribly this is done. No, it's a joke. You know, yeah. it's that believability. It's supposed to make her laugh. So if, if the CGI is bad, I still can't fault it because they're trying to, this technology is still new and they're an indie, uh, movies. It's an indie movie. My issue is, is that if the story's bad, if it comes off as all bad, they're gonna have to be prepared for it. Yeah, because just like for me, uh, as a more casual moviegoer, Peter Cushing in Rogue One was totally okay with it. And people were like, oh, so bad. And I'm like, no, nah, well, wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm, I'm able to get over it. If the normal moviegoer who's into James Dean, which they're probably in their 70s or 80s right now, mm-hmm. who likes that actor goes to see the movie, I doubt they're going to be like, this is jarring, I can't watch it. They're probably going to be into it. Yeah. I'm just saying.
1: And yeah, it's really going to depend on the quality of the uh, of the final outcome. And I guess we'll kind of wait and see, one, if this even really gets made, because it's still in production at this point. And two, if it gets good reviews, and if it's any good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand that. So something else that, remind, that makes me think about heavily CGIing someone's face... To make them look like something else. Ooh. Snyder Cut. The Justice League Snyder Cut. I can't believe this is still being talked about. That's crazy. It's the two year anniversary of this movie, and people are still talking about it. Um what what's crazy for me to me though is that Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot have both in the past week or two come out as supporting the Snyder Cut. Which Ben Affleck famously does not want to have anything else to do with, with this franchise whatsoever. You could tell he got burned out from how well th- or how poorly this movie was received. Yeah. Um, and Gal Gadot really hasn't been super vocal about a lot of this, this movie uh, controversy. Because she's Gal Gadot. Yeah. She's got more important things. Like, what is she going to wear this morning? She's
0: a hot tamale. Oh my gosh. The Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot is the shining spot of the DC universe right now. If. she's got more important fish to fry with her own wonder woman i think that patty patty jenkins Mm -hmm. what she did with wonder woman made me care about the character yeah and by far it is the best dc cinematic movie to come out and for her to come out and say this i think that gives more validity to her but or more validity to the movie not gal gadot gal gadot is amazing in everything she does yeah but you know even with the um she was do you know she was in the Fast and Furious? Oh franchise. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like was it Han's partner? Uh friend? yeah, it was it too fast too furious that she was in?
1: Uh I know she was in Fast Five. Okay. Oh, maybe that's the one. Yeah, but I knew she was in at least one movie from the franchise.
0: I mean uh, she's been in everything.
1: Like she's a great actress. So yeah, you're right. For for her to come out and say that as kind of the new face of the DCEU yeah. is definitely giving a lot more validity to this uh, Snyder cut. But I, for me, it's just I don't understand why. Uh, me looking at the
0: story because I just I, I don't. I, why are we focused on something that happened two years ago? That if it hasn't happened by now, like the cut's not going to come out. It's the same thing we've been saying with George Lucas, like release the original trilogy, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. you have to get have to their their third-party websites or third party distributors that do it illegally to get that stuff out to you know f- the fans and i think gal gadot coming out and saying this while probably
1: well-mannered it's not going to change anything no and so people were like assuming that with all of these people coming out and and being so outspoken about the snyder cut that maybe Warner Brothers had some kind of secret plan to re-release or to release the Snyder Cut version of this in theaters. And so that maybe they were trying to do, to do this as like a big PR stunt. But since everybody has come out, Warner Brothers has actually come out and said, no, we have no plans to do this. Nothing is in the works. This is not happening. So if all this is for nothing, then what's the point? Like, why why come out and say all these things and keep this momentum going for this for so long for nothing to be released. Maybe there is a contact- contractual obligation that with so many
0: minutes that or with certain scenes that are put in that they have to pay out more to certain people. I don't know, I'm just trying to speculate here. Yeah. But I would cuz I don't know too much about the movie industry and how it works. But if a movie studio is very against re-releasing a product or you know making it longer there's got to be reasons for it and it's probably a nightmare for them logistically to get it done
1: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah i don't think we're gonna get it if they've if already come out said no yeah and even though other people were like well this version is better answer is still no they didn't release it on the,
1: on the, the blu-ray features?
0: versions did they because no. they did that for man versus Super. Our uh, Batman versus Superman—they yeah. released some extra content onto the DVDs, and they didn't really do that as much.
1: They didn't do the Snyder Cut. So that's the thing. So when when Snyder left the project, they were in the—they were e- either in the middle or just finished principal photography. So they had all the a- big action set pieces done, all the major mm-hmm. points. Um, what uh, uh, what the next director was brought in to do um, was basically just to smooth out the story to really get it in the direction that the studio wanted it in. So he reshot some scenes. Um, he added a couple, uh, some dialogue, uh, a couple different things just to kind of move, shift it in a different direction. But the original scenes that were cut out from what Zack Snyder did were never edited. The CGI wasn't polished. Um, there wasn't any, like any ADR, so they didn't go back in and re-record the voices over top the background noise to cut that down and make it more clear um so if if there is a snyder cut which jason momo has claimed to scene uh ray fisher's claimed a scene if there is a snyder cut one it's going to be probably three or four hours long because it's not cut down and edited at all yeah uh two the cgi is either barely there or non-existent so it could just be a matter of, like, Jesse Eisenberg talking to a bunch of uh, uh, tennis balls just as, like, a placeholder, <laughs> which I think I'd kind of like to see. Well, yeah. Um, and, uh, all, like I said, like, all the ADR isn't done, so the dialogue that's there in, like, these big open action set pieces. There's probably no music also no. in the background with it. Yeah. And so audio, audio-wise, audio it's probably all just, just distorted and, and pretty junky. Um, visually, it's not put together at all. Uh, It's probably not edited in a coherent way. Mm -hmm. So for fans to think that there is this put-together, final-cut version of the movie that Zack Snyder had a part of, it's just not... That doesn't happen. Also, how many people are going to actually buy this? Exactly.
0: And if it goes up on a streaming service, how well is it going to do? Probably not very well. It's probably not going to be a big draw. Who's going... Who right now is going to FXX and watching like DC movies all the time? There's no one who has it on a continuous loop. Whoever no. you are
1: out there, reveal it yourself. <laughs> You're the true MVP. The true MVP trying to give Warner Brothers its money back. So but, yeah. So that's the other thing too. So Warner Brothers right now they own HBO, uh, which Warner Brothers is also owned by AT and T. Yes. So in May, HBO is coming out with HBO Max which is supposedly, it's HBO Now and HBO content that's just shifting over. Uh, They also
0: have other networks with it. Like, isn't Cartoon Network part of the HBO Max? uh,
1: Yeah, I know they've got a lot of different content. For their kid content
0: that they have with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they own the rights, or they have, obviously, um, the uh, DC Cinematic Universe that they're going to be bringing over for this. which there's not all of them on the hbo now or even the dc universe uh platforms but that's the the home that these are going to be for and they're putting out a live live action green lantern series it's going to be the home of potentially um direct to streaming dc movies like there's talk of booster gold and and, uh maybe nightwing all these like lesser known characters they're still following in the footsteps of disney they're still not doing something new no, exactly. So the only the only thing that makes sense to me, if they are going to release any version of the Snyder Cut, is potentially putting it on uh, HBO Max and letting people just see it for what it's worth, where they don't have to pay for distribution, they don't have to edit it. It could just be like as a uh, like a uh, film, uh, and like a lover of film, so people can just go watch this cut of it and. It can be over with. People I want it to be analyzed in like a
0: in a film in a film class. I want it to be analyzed and people are looking at it like, all right, this is what you do right, this is what you do wrong, this is what production is. Look, here's a scene that was not in the movie, that's still in pre production. I want you to look at this, everyone. And you're like, this is what it'll look like. This is what the things I, I would I would prefer it to be more in a in a studious setting because I do not think I don't think it's ever gonna be released. Even if they have it on the streaming starts, I just don't think it's all the way polished. Like no. you said, there's probably still tennis balls that Jesse Eisenberg is talking to or whatever. Steppenwolf might be
1: doing something insane. I yeah. don't know. I don't think it's completed at all. I mean, is there any version of this movie that you would want to see in any potent, like hypothetical situation? Is there any version of the, of the Justice League that would interest you? Absolutely not. And it'll it'll tell you why it's an unfinished product
0: going out there. And right now in the games industry, that's the issue: Mm -hmm. is that publishers are putting out unfinished product because they have a release schedule, a window, and they gotta make up for financials in a certain quarter. Hey, you released a game, you got a bunch of money back after an investment. Makes sense. But the thing is that fans are getting outraged that they're paying sixty dollars for a game. It's not finished. It's so stupid it's yeah. the same thing and i think you should translate to movies that if your snyder cut is not complete then why release it yeah it just seems like a kind of a dim-witted move but i i, I understand giving it to film classes and going through there i think that's a fine distribution of it mm. but as far as a product for the masses to consume it doesn't make much sense and investors would probably hate it too
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. If you're going to put the time in to edit it and to build the quality up like it should, you're going to be pouring a lot of money into this movie that's probably not going to see hardly any return at all. Yeah. And for me, at least, that's really the only way that I would choose to see this movie is, one, if they completely edited it and made it a fully functioning movie with good quality, and two, if they did put it out on HBO Max... I would probably just use the free trial and watch it, and then just end it before the trial ran up. I don't. I definitely wouldn't pay any money to see this movie. It doesn't really interest me that much. I don't understand the hype about the <laughs> Snyder Cut, and I think I think it just needs to kind of quietly die. Yeah, I, I would agree. But and
0: while we're on the subject, let's just add another story in there. The Sonic movie. Yeah. Have you seen the new trailer? I have. We uh, we talked about it a little bit in the last episode. Yeah, and. I think that going back to this you know you had a studio where people were like oh my gosh i'm so horrified yeah by the original that they redid it and people are still talking about it today um that you know now the fans are feeling obligated that they need to go see it because they got what they wanted um i look at what wb is doing warner brothers and i i think that sonic has set a precedent now that studios it might they might have to fix the snyder cut and make it if they did want to do it they have to do a complete justice if they're going to release it and you know put in that care otherwise if they do release it haphazardly which i don't think they will do but if they did hypothetically yeah i think the backlash with fans would be uh terrible and, the, you know, even though Warner Brothers in producing DC content is going in a better direction with Joker, uh, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, I do think that they would do some damage here. And I think that's why they're being so cautious is they don't want to cause more
1: damage by seeing the Snyder cut. That's the thing. I think Zack Snyder and the rest of the cast from the movie at this point... Is now kind of backing the studio into a corner where they they're hyping up this project that doesn't fully exist and promising all this high quality uh action and and set pieces that they see and they really enjoyed and they want the public to see the studio knows there's nothing there the public is asking for this thing and either they release it like you said and like the the quality is horrible and the fans uh, have a bunch of backlash they hate it or they fix it up they release it some in some way and they lose a lot of money. Yeah. But either way, it seems like Warner Brothers is going to lose if they give this any sort of attention at all. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I'll t- <laughs> a hot take. All right. This is the hot take right here. Even if they completely polish it up, the Zack Snyder, It's they, they spend money, they do the Sonic thing, they re- rework it so that it goes to the Snyder Cut the way Snyder wanted it. I still would, still think it would be hot garbage because it is Zack Snyder. Yeah. And And he has done a disservice to the DC movies. And the only thing he's done good is Watchmen and 300. I don't think he is suited for the DC movies. And I know there are people out there who love Zack Snyder. But I gotta tell you, I haven't met any of them in person yet. (laughs) So whoever they are, they're fighting a very small fight. And they are very loud. But I think it would be trash if Zack Snyder got it the way he wanted
1: it. No, I, I agree to a probably a lesser extent a less passionate extent yes i
0: hate zack snyder for those of you don't know zack snyder just i don't get it action sequences amazing he is the michael bay of comic books that is a great comparison you know it okay of comic book movies he is the michael bay of it
1: okay his
0: action set pieces are great story and dialogue awful
1: yeah that's fair and I think that's probably why they picked Joss Whedon to come in and, and fix Justice League because he's pretty well known for his dialogue and his interaction between characters. Yeah, he uh, yeah. tried to fix it. Uh, yeah. Joss Whedon had a big, had a tall task ahead of him. I I, I think he did the best he could. I don't that's
0: think... like trying to go poop in a stall after someone blew it up.
1: It's tough. It is it's tough to do it in peace. It's a little rough for everybody involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, as we're kinda of winding down for the episode here, I wanna ask you a question, Chris. What's up? What are you watching? Okay, so we're watching
0: Mandalorian, obviously. And then um because I have Disney Plus now, uh I think after we recorded after we recorded the podcast last week, I started watching uh Treasure Planet. And I oh, got yeah. all the goosebumps just hit me of like nostalgia. I'm like, oh my gosh, Treasure Planet, Disney Plus, I love this. So but along with that I watched I watched um, A New Hope Mm -hmm. after watching The Mandalorian. That was great. And then I started watching The Clone Wars. And I think I accidentally clicked on the Clone Wars animated series movie. Oh, yeah. I need to click on the season, like season one episode. So I'm going to start watching that. I love Star Wars so much. I've played video games. I've never watched Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars the The Clone Wars. So... I'm going to go through that, give my, give my thoughts. It's a lot of Star Wars right now, but the hype train is real, and we're not going to stop until we get to Rise of Skywalker.
1: Oh my gosh. And okay.
0: I also am playing Jedi Fallen Order. So far, so good. I'm playing on Jedi Knight, which is a difficulty. Uh, I think we're going to switch it to story because I care more about the story, and then I'll try and do it on harder difficulty because, you know... I'm uh, I'm a filthy casual. But after that I'll probably play some Pokemon Sword and Shield and see how that goes on the Switch. Nice. But uh John, what are you watching?
1: So Oh wait,
0: cut you off real quick. I'm oh so God. sorry. <laughs> after this, I'm also gonna go see JoJo Rabbit. It says your JoJo Rabbit alert, everyone. <laughs> they are finally showing it in one theater in Chattanooga. That is so sad. This is my only day I could literally watch it, and they only showed it three times, three times during the day at this one theater. This has been going on since the first episode of this podcast. I am devastated how much effort I have to spend into seeing one movie that is having crazy reviews. Oh my it gosh. It is putting off my desire to see Ford versus Ferrari, because now I'm hell-bent on seeing Jojo Rabbit, <laughs> which Wait. Ford and Ferrari is supposed to be really good, so... That will be, hopefully,
1: another week. You're going to have to come back in and, and tell everybody how it went. Yes. All right. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead, John. <laughs> floor is yours. So, uh, recently, as in last night, uh, my wife introduced me to this show called Billy on the Street. And let me just tell you. So, it's Billy Eichner basically just being himself. It is probably one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. I. It's not very often that we... we know like the whole little like huffing and puffing when you're watching something and like you snort out your nose and that's the most kind of laughter that you really get from something if you're watching it by yourself but let me tell you i have we both have not open mouth like laughed out loud as much as we have watching this show it's so good just him running up to random new yorkers interacting with them being himself putting people in super awkward situations and just being the most billy that i've ever seen it's so funny definitely highly recommend it and uh love Billy Eichner. He needs to be in more things. So yeah. good. Oh, okay. Well that's good. Comedy, getting down with the comedy. Always. Yeah. It's kinda like how I
0: was laughing laughing to uh John Oliver with his American segments. His stand-up's really good. Also so good. <laughs> yeah. But uh
1: that'll do it for today. You got any more thoughts? No, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh stay tuned for our Mandalorian review episode two coming at you here pretty soon
0: yeah that's right we're gonna do another mandalorian episode and we're gonna go just as a heads up to everyone for the review we'll probably go full spoilers for most of it uh just to keep it a little bit shorter and concise uh and then we also might have some additional content coming out next week uh stay tuned for that as well yeah all right thank you everyone for listening to the Summon up podcast we will see you next time
1: bye